Welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Samuel Roberts and I'm joined today by... Samuel Roberts. And Phil Savage. <laughs> <laughs> and me, Philip Ward. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought I'd see what happened. I couldn't figure out if I should play along with the joke there. <laughs> like, you completely froze. You were like, this has spoiled oh. my entire rhythm of everything. I was hoping you'd go, and me, Samuel Roberts. Yeah, that. I was no, I knew like... that was the, the expected response, but I don't know if I didn't know if I wanted to play into your game. It's like, is this because I'm I have my own brand, thank you very much. <laughs> no, it's being confused at Bant's. <laughs> I assumed I was being mocked for sitting in this ludicrous gaming chair throne that mm. I um, appropriate for every uh, every podcast. You're probably going to try and black down play it, but you did make a complete beeline for that chair when we got in this room and said, that's my chair. <laughs> Sam actually shoved me out of the way. <laughs> that's true. And I, and I like, um, hit Pip with like a large lamp to like knock her aside. Mm. Like It was pretty brutal. It's yeah, like there's stuff, but a, a standing lamp. There's a fake... <laughs> don't at me about it. There's a fake <laughs> Destiny Galahorn over there, and that's in some combat use it's like already. like put on the Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> punched you in the head, the Phil, state of this like, podcast room. Yeah, we're in Games Radar, sort of like, I don't know, they, when they do little videos, so they have people in front of like some merchandise, and we're in that room. And uh, <laughs> their game nest. Yes. Yeah. When like Louise Blaine left, I think she took the good Assassin's Creed statues, and you're just left with the ones from the shit Assassin's Creed games now, which I guess are Unity. I think it's just Unity, isn't it? Yeah. Are those Unity lads? They look like it. Yeah. I don't know I don't enough know. about Assassin's Creed to to be able to help you on this. No, one. that's okay. I don't know why I'm discussing the room around me. The the uh, listener can't see it, so I'm just wasting their time. It's really, it's environmental storytelling. So. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'll write yeah there's blood on the wall. <laughs> From Pip when I knocked her aside. I scrawled some graffiti there, you know. <laughs> she got fine. the blood from a butcher's uh, to begin with, so I'm gonna talk about some games. Um This has gone weird, hasn't it? it has. Should we start with you, Pip, and start oh, with God. The I one? mean yes. <laughs> well, um you are post the first holiday deadline, so um the mm. content of the podcast may or may not reflect that. Mm. It probably will. Um but you you're also saying... post Black Friday, so Yeah, I've been We're all dying. This is my twelfth working day in a row, so it's um I think that's right. It doesn't matter. Okay, so Frog Detective, Pip. Yes. What is this game? I mean, the title is quite ambiguous, I think. It could, it could be more <laughs> to tell you what it is. Amphibious is what you mean. Oh, very good. Very Thanks. good. I think Thank that works. Yeah. It's, well, even if it doesn't, that's my peak for the day. So <laughs> you're going to have to just roll with it. Um, yes, it is Grace Bruckner's, Bruckner's new project. Uh, it is a... Uh, I think it is the first in a potential series of frog detective games where you, a frog who is also a detective, must solve a mystery. Mm. So, and this one is that you have been sent to, or you are being sent to an island to investigate some strange ghost noises uh, ah. because it has stumped ghost scientists. So, is it like Frog Poirot? Is that what they were Yes. Talking? Okay, well, there you go. There it is. Exactly. Yeah. And it's uh, essentially like a little 3D point and click type thing with mm. little puzzles and just very sweet and charming art style and a lovely sense of humour. It's just really nice and it made me giggle a few times. Mm. It's very short. That's mm. cool. How long did it take you to finish? Uh, I want to say half an hour, but my concept of time is bad at the moment, so I, it, it, I've, it could have been days. <laughs> I think it was half an hour. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so is it free the first episode, or is it? No, but it's only a couple of quid, I think, okay, yeah. on on that there Steam. Hmm. All right. So, so. Uh, what? Tell me more about the frog detective character. Are you kind of like washed up. Do you have like a rough relationship with your frog daughter, or no? Like, although Wallander? you are very, <laughs> you are very definitely the second best detective on the okay. force of detectives. Lobster is the best detective, <laughs> but f- the frog is basically fine with this. It's just a very sort of acquiescent. Yeah. No, that's fair. Like lobsters. Great but lobster's also busy and you're pretty good too so you know off you go and and that's just quite a nice like so it's not like sure. 99% of detective fiction where the detective has some sort of fatal quirk or no. problem sort of trauma frog, I guess doesn't have, a, more, doesn't have opposable thumbs mm. he's got like a little magnifying glass that he picks up on, on the way out of the room and um, all you can do really is is you hold it up to your face and it distorts and magnifies the scene in front of you in that little circle of the lens and that's just quite a nice thing and a couple of times I found little I guess easter eggs where you could you know where while I was looking for it I saw you know um, little fun surprisey things um, they're not only visible if you have the the magnifying glass equipped but it was more just like the whole thing is just very to do with nice surprises and a nice story about nice people Hmm. and it's not miserable (laughs) and so that was so nice somewhere between 30 (laughs) minutes and days long which uh, if if it's the former that sounds kind of perfect i think maybe it might even have been slightly less than half an hour so i am completely wrong on all counts it's a short game let's just go with it's a short game that's cool sounds good i'm gonna i'm going to investigate this much as the frog would investigate a crime scene nice Um, but not as well as the lobster who is a superior (laughs) detective (laughs) Right, Are you okay with that? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think sometimes you, you need like a a theme of accepting it's okay to be second best in, in fiction. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, because most people will invariably not be the best at what they do. Um, uh, oh, that's a grim note, isn't it? Okay, um, let's move on to another game, shall we? Unless you have something else to add, Pip. Um, well, I've spent part of this afternoon playing Yoku's Island Express, mm. and that has similarly been a just a, a nice, positive thing that does what it does well. Uh, it's a game where you play as a dung beetle postman, basically, and mm-hmm. in rolling a ball around, the ball then sort of drags you along as a pinball when you use flippers that are within the level and propels you around and you collect fruit to unlock new things and you also can use the pinball um, elements to solve puzzles so I've just done a thing where there was some building of pressure in an area and they were worried that their habitat was going to explode these particular little insects or bugs or something so naturally turn to their postman to fix the problem now look <laughs> the postal service has been branching out for years because nobody is sending letters anymore travel insurance you know exactly. like currency exchange yeah. <laughs> thank you sam <laughs> That's even, you know, fixing pressure build up. Exactly. Anyway, and so um, in that one, what I was doing was I was trying to collect slugs to then explode uh, a thing that was blocking the pathway for me to then activate a switch. And then I had these extra little 
ball helper things that I could then flip up into particular spots to block where the, the pressure was escaping from. And so I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it because no, it's, okay. it's just pinball. Well, it I mean, really it's like is a pinball just pinball. Kind of. Yeah, but it's it's more that it through playing pinball you can sometimes cause other things to happen. Hmm, so it's like a remake of Sonic Spinball. I don't believe in Sonic. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic believes in you. <laughs> That's his problem. <laughs> yes, the belief of so in Sonic is a controversial, uh, divisive subject these days, so <laughs> let's not wade into that one. I, I believe it is like meant to be a kind of reminiscent of Sonic Spinball though, Phil, but I think probably a bit better and more enjoyable because like all Sonic games Spinball was just really annoying and fiddly if I recall <laughs> was one of the more difficult Sonic uh, platformers yeah yes. yeah my one query is that if this is supposed to be a dung beetle it should be on its hind legs pushing the hmm. the thing rather than standing upright and pushing the thing well that's why they don't get a game of the year award be. then like that's <laughs> it fucked it haven't they <laughs> That and I didn't play it until after we started doing that game of the year nominations. <laughs> I think it did get like a high score from Chris Schilling earlier in the year, like 80-something. Yeah. I believe, yeah, that was why it was still on my list of things to play mm. before, before year end. Um, <laughs> but also it was someone's personal pick, if we are talking about that. But we, you can bleep this. It's, I think that's okay to put out there. <laughs> you know, that, I didn't that's, say who. It's a, that won't, that, it's well, a minor a, game of the year spoiler. But yeah. There won't be a resetter forum on that one there. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what missed out on a main award this year? Uh, I mean, we once sat and read the entire one top 100, so I think, I think we did that twice, Phil. We did it twice, yeah. Mm. And I don't want to do it again. It was because I needed a sandwich too much by the end, and it was quite painful. Mm. Um, we'll do it again. Yeah, okay. We definitely will. We'll bring sandwiches. That's the key <laughs> that difference. Would be the key. That's what we should do. That's what the audience has been missing: us eating on microphone. <laughs> well, what happens is that we basically run out. We realise we haven't played enough games to sustain a. Um, fortnightly inverted commas podcast so mm. we have to talk about other sort of things we've been working on which is a good idea but yeah that means we have to do the entire top 100 as a podcast Can we should have eaten parts? the Sonic cereal that's over on the side mm. I, I don't wish to I just I, feel <laughs> I like thought you didn't believe in Sonic <laughs> yeah so that blank cereal box over there <laughs> with nothing else visible <laughs> hedgehog cereal <laughs> like, I, but yeah no <laughs> Whole grain gaming fortified with delicious video game nostalgia. I'd like to see them back up that science. Is that uh, Comic Sans the font there? Oh, it's quite more of comic booky kind of mm. thing. Yeah. Okay. Comic Sans adjacent for sure. Again, like the listener can't see any of this. No, so what no. a question. Just Maybe imagine... we should take some pictures for the show notes. I don't know. I think this podcast requires too much effort as it is. <laughs> Imagine, if you will, a golden room, surfaces glistening with jewels, <laughs> and yeah. apparently blood. Like the cave, the cave Sonic of wonders in Alien. Yeah. <laughs> the bad Touch Assassin Creed games. The chair. <laughs> okay, um, so the next game is Hitman Two. But the yeah. reason we're talking about this isn't because we're going to, you know, discuss how we feel about it, which we did on the last podcast. I want to discuss um, me and Phil's mini rivalry that's emerged in Hitman Two. Um, so I, I began this, didn't I? I? I think it was your fault, yeah. Yeah, fault is the correct word, I think. <laughs> I sort of taunted you on Twitter. Yeah, well, I don't think you directly taunted me. Maybe you did. Maybe you even asked me directly. I believe, yes, I did. yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> that would explain my actions, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was, um, I thought it would be fun to just uh, 
have a go at um, doing the Hawks Bay level, which is the first one in Hitman Two. Yeah, it's like a. It's the smallest of the levels. It's tiny. It's you think it's easy when you go in because there's no one there, and then all the enemies turn up halfway through. It's set in this quite fancy looking house on a beach in New Zealand, a fancy mansion, a lot of glass. Yep. Yeah, very modern looking, and um, yeah, after you hack into a computer, all the enemies turn up, and. I did a terrible job at it first time. We got something like seven thousand points, and you had something like one hundred and fifty. So I thought I'd have another another run at it, and then um, if I remember, you were scared someone would screenshot your bad performance. That was why I had another go. I even did it before work. I was like, I better get this done because because if my friends see this, my reputation is ruined. Is this because I'd already taken a screenshot of the pre-release leaderboards where I can I I know specifically certain outlets did a very bad job at Hitman? A little bit, yeah. So I want to say though that you were like you ended up trying to beat his score because you were really worried that he would see it. But then when you did, you tweeted it at him because you were afraid he wouldn't see it. <laughs> like, well, like, I, yeah, once he got the good score, well, there's part of me that thought it would just be funny to tweet it at Phil and see what his reaction is. Um, and the, and uh, you know, I didn't expect it to go as far as it has in like. Um, me and Phil kind of waging war. I mean, actually, it's not just us. It's no. This has dragged in Matthew Castle of Rock Paper Shotgun, <laughs> mm-hmm. the video editor guy, to um, also be um, on the sort of score score path. And on that level, I thought he did a good job because I did it in under ten minutes, I think. But then you did it in three minutes. Well, no, then Matt did it in four minutes and something. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, I think. I think you did it in ten minutes or so. So I went in and did it in. Eight or nine. I yeah. got under your score just about, and then Matt destroyed us both. Uh, so then I had to go back in and like figure it out. Yeah. So I'm 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 like five seconds quicker than him at the moment. Like it's not a big. We're getting into shaving seconds off the time at this point. Yeah, yeah. So this is why I've kind of given up on Hawks Base. I'm like that's never going to happen for me um, because and I haven't also figured haven't figured out what the one method you're both using is. Yeah. to take the target out quickly because she wanders into the room and she monologues for a while and then after a while her idiot boyfriend with the man bun makes her like um, a tea a tea and, he, and he, she always has sugar not honey that's not true does it change? it changes okay that's cool yeah I didn't know Hitman did that yeah I think I think the challenge it has a certain you know it's the song about sugar and honey mm. and the order of that is the order that she picks them in Oh, okay. So she can pick either. Is there any other Hitman level that does that? Has like a variable. Don't know. Maybe you'd have to follow the NPC around the whole time to know exactly what they're doing all the time, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, when usually you just kind of go in having a rough idea of where they're going to end up. All right. Anyway, um, yeah. So I thought that was the quickest way, and it wasn't. So this, but she's surrounded by people mm. and she arrives in a car with loads of armed guards. I cannot work out how you've done it, mm. but uh, I guess I just need to pay close attention to what she's doing and if there's like, I don't know, a second where she's in like a garage by herself and you throw her into the cupboard and then go. Uh, sorry, I sound like I have an absolute disregard for human life here, but it's just a hitman target. Yeah. Um, so that happened and then I saw that you had played uh, Sapienza and Paris, the earlier Hitman 1 levels, inside Hitman 2. Yes. And I decided to try and knock you off those leaderboards too. Mm-hmm. You made it very clear though that you hadn't been trying that hard for those ones. <laughs> and those and that and the, I was just mucking about. I mean Yeah. And the fact that it's required so much effort for me to kind of like knock you off at all is quite embarrassing. Um, but that was another one where I 
had killed the guy in Paris by just like sprinting up to him with a screwdriver and like shanking him, then running off into the helicopter and flying away. And I got 7,000 points while you had 150,000. Mm. And again, I thought, the shame. <laughs> <laughs> I have to correct this. Yes. Uh, so I did. I got it under 10 minutes, which yeah. I thought was good. was good. And then you did Paris in three minutes. I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Pete, Phil did later explain how he did it. Kind Pretty of. much. Yeah. And then other random people on Twitter jumped in to help analyse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what was going on there. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, just give away all my secrets, thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's mostly about just getting access to the thing that sets off the fireworks and moves the people into the right position. But I don't know how you then get up the stairs very quickly. Ah, yes. So that's your secret. That is. I suppose you could steal one of the security guard outfits in that little area, but they're not that quick to get by them. They're quite hard to get by themselves. Mm. There's one guy who's off to the right. I don't want to get into this that much granular detail. The point is, <laughs> it's been quite fun to compete. That's good. Yeah. I was I was a bit worried, like, based on um, Paris, because I did it and I was like, shit, have I ruined this now? Because it's three <laughs> minutes and it's just like... By this, do you mean like my afternoon? <laughs> well, partially, but correct. also it's just like, that's quite fun going back and forth with this, but uh, how, is this such like uh, harsh owning of Sam's score that it's going to put him off for good? Do you know what you should do? Make sure that you get those scores at like 4pm on a Friday and uh, That's true. then just ruin his whole weekend. <laughs> I should do it just, every week. I bet your scores every week. <laughs> I should be, yeah. If I find a quick method, I should probably just sort of wait around and make sure the timer hits, like, so it's just like a minute or so. <laughs> yeah, or like maybe when you're so going like, on a work oh, no, trip I can, or I something that so that it's just nagging at you the whole time. Yeah. That would be, that you do would reckon be. you can have my Tapienza score beat, though? Yeah, I do, because I know how to get to the second target from the first very quickly via mm. one method and then I know how to quickly get into I know exactly what the route is down to the secret facility now by the way that facility kind of sucks when you're doing repeat runs yeah I I think I mentioned that when I reviewed it yeah that it's just it's kind of fun the first time around just having like an extra bit of the mission but mm. I find those bonus objectives do drag on repeat runs like having to it just there's no, there's no real creativity there to taking the virus out it's just like an extra set of road steps you've got to do each time you play it. Yeah, but I um I have at least spent uh, because we've been doing this ridiculous competition. I have spent more time in sappy ends of the map, mm. going down to the little beach area, which I never really spent time in because you don't actually need to go there at any point really. No, um, but it's lovely down there because there aren't really any many games set in sort of Mediterranean you know settings with nice beaches and shit like and I, all those little storefronts I'd love to like work in one of those shops for like a summer or something that's you know it's quite quite idyllic isn't it yeah. do um, any of the last two Ascreeds have good beaches because they're both Mediterranean settings aren't they there's Egypt and there's yeah but they don't have gelato shops well n- obviously <laughs> there's going to be like you know ye olde gelato mm, yeah. yeah Assassin's Creed's never worried about accuracy with that sort of stuff if they want gelato they'll have it damn it's it like and Da Vinci animus, will make it yeah, yeah exactly it's just like oh sure why not Cleopatra invented like, gelato Aristotle like <laughs> Ptolemy yeah sure why not <laughs> uh, yeah so it, uh, I think do they, have beaches? Is... do they have beaches in Assassin's Creed I mean, they must do, right? They must. They have, well, I mean, they've nice got coastlines. Yeah, they? they've got coastlines, and there's sand on some of them. <laughs> they're just not like holiday beaches in the same sense, I guess. No. no, they're sort of like you just turn up and you know destroy the fortress there and kill all the guys, and then get on your boat and leave. Mm. You know, which isn't you know representative of a modern Mediterranean experience at all. You know, 
But uh, yeah, Hitman has gelato shops. Has other shops too, doesn't it? It does. Um, and they it's actually a flower shop. Nice uh, shoe shop as well. Yeah. And they've and put all the effort into um, modelling the in-game the 3D props. They look very very nice. Mm-hmm. So the ice creams look nice, and then yeah, some good ass shoes in there. Nice hairdressers as well. It's lovely. Um, yeah, so that's useless for forty-seven. Yeah, it is really. It's He's probably like, furious whenever he goes in there. <laughs> <laughs> just like, could you just, I don't know, draw stripes on me or something? Like, yeah, I'm surprised that the um, staff there, when you go into eavesdrop on one of the opportunities, don't go, "Sir, you have no place. <laughs> here. You have no hair. Please leave." <laughs> so you could wax my head. I don't know. No, like, he could get some wigs. Yeah, I suppose. Like so. he could go full, like anything. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's I, unexplored. I just think he'd it would raise some eyebrows. Mm. You know, does he get lots of wigs in his disguises? Never really has wigs. No, and surely hats are he's a big thing. Still hats, so yeah. easy to identify. Yeah, you would think so. But luckily, he goes into such contrived situations. I mean, where that's, the guy us- tends to be bold. Us- usually, he's per- impersonating job roles more than specific people. Right. Although there are a couple like. They do do a couple of ones where you are sp- impersonating a specific person, and there is one in Hitman Two that is so ridiculous that, like, I think it's the last level, and so I won't say like loads about it, but you take someone's disguise, and then it is there is a precedent. There is a prompt to have a conversation with somebody who used to go out with that person, who would definitely realise that you have <laughs> a completely different accent and demeanour than the person that you're impersonating. Yeah. And she just rolls with it, and it's just like, this is not in any way believable at this point. But it's the same with that um, first level in Paris, when you can steal the male model's outfit. I mean, that's, at least that way you're sort of made up, and you do look incredibly similar. Yeah, like. but you take the outfit after you, he's already had a phone call with your target, and then you pick up the phone and go, hello, I'm going to see you in ten minutes. Just And then she's like, oh yeah, walk the catwalk first. And you go up there and you've got a completely different accent. You're a famous model, surely she'd know what you sound like. Or look like. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. They do look very similar, to be fair. But uh, yeah, And he looks fabulous with the makeup on. It's, uh, it really suits him. Walking the, uh, doing the, uh, the catwalk is actually really fun. It's a little bit of that, that level as well. Anyway, yeah. Um, anyway. My, my, my overall point here is that you should get some friends who mm. also play Hitman and have a rivalry with them because it's really fun. It's like, an interesting way of like experiencing that game. Yeah. Did you do it much with the first game, Phil? No, not at all, I don't think. like Beyond making sure I had like one Silent Assassin run or whatever just mm. to unlock those challenges and you know get the mastery points up or whatever, but I think I ever really got into a rivalry with anyone. Yeah. Did you um, get into rivalries with Spelunky's Daily Challenge? No. I've never played Spelunky. <laughs> I have it on the PS Vita, and I think I played 10 minutes of it, and that's it. Because uh, I remember a lot of people got really into the daily Yeah, challenges. I did it a bit, because um, Tom Francis and a few... I, like, I was yeah. posting videos to that site for a while. Same. Um, but I think I lasted three days. Mm. <laughs> so, this is a fairly new thing for you, then, leaderboard stuff, Phil. Only for Hitman. Like, um... It's weird which games it happens on. Like, it's hard to predict. There was one called uh, Waves, which is just like a Geometry Wars style uh, twin stick shooter thing. Mm. Uh, and it's pretty good. And, like, just because a couple of people had been playing that, we ended up sort of challenging for the leaderboards there. Mm. Um, Joe Danger on the PlayStation 3. Oh, I remember that. It's kind of like Trials. Sort yeah. Of. yeah. Yeah. Me and a friend sort of just got into that because I mean at the time there was barely anything to play on the PS3 if you had one of those yeah um, so yeah there was a, th- that one um, yeah there's no real rhyme or reason it's it's 
seems to be just a very specific thing based on who just ends up playing at the time yeah. and what sort of mentality they've got towards that kind of thing. Because mm. I think a lot of people, like, you know, especially with something like Hitman, where it's objective based and the scoring stuff is there, but it's not necessarily positioned as the most important thing, they're just like, oh, that guy's beat my score. Oh, well, I will move on with my life now. Yeah. I got into leaderboards on the DS far more. Um, and so Mario Kart was a thing for a little while, but mm. then everyone discovered snaking and I couldn't do it. So I was just like, well, there's no point in me even being here. So yeah. I stuck with, um, what is it, Zookeeper, that match three one where oh, the yeah. animals get grumpy with you if you don't match them for a long time. Yeah. Um, and But the annoying thing with that was that I got so good at it that my ex wouldn't play anymore. So it was just like once I'd knocked him entirely off the leaderboard, <laughs> like there was no point it was just about like beating my own score which is less sort of bragging rights because you can't like go into someone else's room and be like ah (laughs) yeah uh yeah i've um i had it with rainbow no rainbow sorry um red faction gorilla on uh first on the 360 and then on the pc like like the challenge modes yeah like so it's modes where you basically have a certain amount of weapons to do as much destruction to these buildings as possible because the game all about destroying mm. buildings and doing it in like the as quickly as possible. It's also quite hard to make buildings fall down. There's a lot of rounds that end with you shooting tiny lasers at the foundations of building and it rumbles like rumbling slightly. You're like fall, you fucker! Like it just <laughs> and, it, and it just won't. And then like the timer ticks down and then the camera in the background will just show the building fall down after the score has already been taken. You're like. I hate my life. <laughs> uh, so a lot of that, but I was I was quite good at it on Xbox. But then um, the PC version, I think they must have reset the leaderboards when it moved to Steam from Xbox Live. I guess it would have to, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, and at that point, I just started playing it again, and I got into the top ten for every single one of them. Um, and I don't know if that's still the case or if the remaster kicks them out, but. I remember being pretty smug about that because the yeah. people who have actually logged scores in that must be fairly hardcore players. But I was, um, but I had spent far too many hours playing it. I much more than the campaign. Um, me and my yeah. friend got into a little rivalry on that for a while back in the Xbox days. But yeah, otherwise not really. So I don't like competing with people because I'm always pathetic at it. And then I'm, <laughs> and the thing is, and I try and act like I'm not inv- invested in it, but I am. <laughs> Uh, because I'm pathetic, and uh, I mean, you literally tweeted me with your Hitman scores. That's so true. I, you can't pretend. <laughs> the weird thing with this though is I'm not like I'm not like angry when I see like new scores because I know it's like actually a bit of fun and I am enjoying it. It's also like making me play the Hitman levels in the way they're supposed to be played. Like I've seen so many different routes of Sapienza now that I'm kind of bored of it. Mm. But I enjoyed getting that granular with it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think also when you see somebody getting such a different score or time to you, it really illustrates that there is a different way of doing the thing that you haven't found yet in a way that's um, more galvanising. That was the thing, seeing Matt get his four-minute Hawks Bay run was like, oh, there's something here that I've missed about this level. Like, it's not just... It's not just I have to do what I did but better. It's, oh, there's a, a possibility here that I hadn't considered. So that is interesting to go in and... Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Um, I will say that I've got to the Marrakesh level and I don't really like that level in uh, Hitman 1. Um, I do like the nice little market you start in and yeah. the, um, the consulate, uh, Swedish consulate, is beautiful, beautiful building. But the big underground tunnel in between, I hate that. It's not, it's not, very, it's not conducive to a good Hitman murder spree IMO yeah I set times on that and what's the level after um 
Uh, we should really know. Oh, I've forgotten now. Is it? Oh no! Oh, um, it's Bangkok. Yes, yeah, Bangkok next. Yeah, I think it's, then it's Colorado. Times on that, then and it's then Hokkaido. I fucked up Colorado. Only got like three stars on it. So okay, that well. one's still, there's like four targets you've got to kill on that one. It's four. Like, yeah, I never did that one. I must admit, I got to the um, the I got to Bangkok, and that's as far as I got in the first game. So, kind of doing all of them mm. comprehensively. Then I'm going to do the ones in two. Although I've got to get to it with Miami because I'm running out of time to kill Sean Bean. That's, that's uh, true. I think I've only got four days left, so I might just have to learn Miami tonight and have a proper run at it. Sounds fun, though. It was good. Like um, I think there are there are there are individual leaderboards for um, elusive targets as well, mm, okay. which is kind of interesting, seeing as you only get one chance to do it. So, like, yeah. Castle cannot beat my score now because he only got three stars. Oh dear. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think he got some good video content out of it. So I'm sure he's. I fine. guess that he's the real winner then. He did say there was a really fun uh, bit in it where you are sat at a table with Sean Bean yeah. and you can like choose any of the objects in the environment to explain how you'd kill him with them, and he'd explain, "Nah, you can't do that because of this, this, and this." Is that right? Yeah, I don't know if you do actually look at specific items to okay. choose them. I think it might just come up with prompts based on like things that Forty Seven has noticed in the room previously. Right. Um, but yeah, there is like they, they do get some use out of having Sean Bean. Like there is a direct conversation between him and Forty Seven if you do a specific thing, and like he's go he's going around this building and sort of stopping off in all places and having ridiculous conversations with people about developing exploding pens and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this moment where yeah he he's basically he's in that area to plan out. Um, a hit on a different person on behalf of Robert Knox, who like is one of the targets of the main Miami level. All right, and will that play out if you don't stop him? I guess you never found out, did you? No, because I think the, the actual hit happens in a different location. This is just sort oh, okay. of pre-planning, you know, yeah, a, yeah. just a, just a business meeting to get the feelers out. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, you're there as an engineer. So he comes up to you and is like, "Well, how would you do it if you were killing him?" And you know, you're like, "Oh, a Mexican the in your coffee that you've been drinking." Um, and then I'll drown you in the toilet. And he's like, I've survived worse than that. <laughs> That's not fun. No, you haven't, Sean Bean. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you The know. most killable man in fiction. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He hasn't survived worse. He got he got knocked off uh, a cliff by a, uh, cows. And he got, like, ripped apart by two horses in um, bad medieval times. Mm. So... Yeah, the man is... Uh, must have survived loads to be in that many episodes of Sharp, though. Well, as the main character of Sharp, he did survive yeah. Sharp. It's not like he dies in every episode, yeah. like Aeon Flux. No, but I was just <laughs> That would be amazing thinking. if that was like actually an anthology series about how this one guy <laughs> called Sharp died in every era of history or something. <laughs> I was just thinking that like that's his one thing that mm. you can pull out at any opportunity. It's like, no! <laughs> I gave your dad loads to watch over the weekends! <laughs> it's like, well, I suppose... <laughs> Yeah, my dad was into Sharp. That is, I mean, dads in the 90s are into sharp, exclusively yeah. into Sharp, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you're just like, well, I've run out of Sharp box sets to give him. Christmas is interesting now. Yeah. <laughs> just, get into something else, Dad! <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a Battle of Waterloo, and it's like four guys on a field, and it's like, this is some low-budget stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, mm, interesting, interesting. <laughs> uh, sharp, I realise, Phil, your version of Sharp there that you pitched is basically Blackadder, Blackadder dies in every yeah, I timeline. Guess so. Anyway, um, that's probably enough Hitman chatter, isn't it? But it's 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 good. It's ongoing. Well, um, it's ongoing. We've got some scores on other levels to 
to battle over. We have, yeah. I'm going to get through all of them over the next month, and then we'll see where we're at at the end of the year. Probably just me very upset. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about some Game of the Year stuff then. All right. Um, We have done our Game of the Year uh, voting process Mm. and our selection process. We had a big call about it. Probably Mm. the shortest one we've ever had while I've been on PC Gamer. Quite possibly, which isn't to say it was short. Just that... Well, it took an hour, I think, or an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, um, that is short. Actually, yeah, that was quite short. Yeah. It always feels longer. It <laughs> yeah. was half an hour. It could have been days. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust. Yeah, don't trust Pip's passage of time. I wasn't even there. <laughs> That's true. You weren't. But yeah, um, everyone on the team nominated six video games, and then we collated all that. And then you'd think we'd be all like, "Well, democracy, hey!" Uh, but we don't. We look at the dem- democratic results, and I then mean, look we at decide what how to done in the last year or how two. How to subvert it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we just yeah, we just make make reality better mm. with by dictating it. Um so uh yeah, we actually most of us voted f- um five games, Phil, but Pip actually voted six. Uh, sorry, wait, we voted six, Pip we voted six. five. Some people oh. yeah, didn't, didn't. Was there a although, sixth space? Yeah. Oh. Although Pip, I'm sure I specifically told you this and you were just like I hate video games and <laughs> That is such editorializing. That <laughs> Actually, categorically didn't happen. Yeah, that wasn't even editorialising. I just got a little bit of uh, gaslighting there to mm. keep the uh, podcast afloat. Uh, Phil was actually too busy looking at speedruns for Hitman 2. <laughs> <laughs> and losing to Samuel Roberts. <laughs> that happened. I will remind See, all of you. Play at this <laughs> I am editing this podcast. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay, so yeah, Phil. Uh, sorry, Pip. Actually, you technically did vote for a sixth game because you voted for an ongoing game, uh, The Sims mm. Four, um, which I haven't actually put in the. In the email yeah, this I is a level of granular detail. No we- one needs to know this today. Um, so, yeah, so so yeah, I thought we would, we could go through our game of the year selections, um, yeah, and right. uh, we can start with Pip because she had to listen to me and Phil talk about Hitman Two for about eighteen minutes. Um, so Pip, you have voted for uh, Subnautica. Return of the Obradin, Obradin, uh, Gorogoa, Chuchul, and Megaquarium. How many of those did I pronounce incorrectly? Uh, I think you are basically fine on all of them. I would also like to point out that I wasn't the only person who voted for that set of games, because Tom Senior and uh, Steve Messner both... (laughs) Both really valued all of I those. I think you'll find Tom Senior no longer. I think both Tom Senior and Stephen Messner changed their mind when they first looked at the document for the first time. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, oh, weird. Or deliberate, deliberate sabotage. Look, Does Tuchel have Warhammer in it? It's Tom. <laughs> they hadn't filled in their thing by that point, and I was like, well, Phil's asked two times, I think, so um, I'm just going to take those slots if no one's using them. It's fine. And apparently, it kind of almost worked with Steve Messner because he was reading it and he was like oh these are good games and then he got to Chucho and he was like I don't think I've ever played that like what's happening like I don't remember writing this list so at yeah all. if we're going to talk about who's gaslighting who <laughs> well I uh, I've not played Chucho I should have got it in the uh, Steam sales that's my oh. error really there's another one in three that's weeks still very cheap so mm, that's true. as a kind of like whistle stop justification uh, <laughs> Subnautica is amazing and other people agree with me, <laughs> so that's fine. Um, it is the uh, survival sandboxy underwater alien ocean thing um, from Unknown Worlds where you swim about trying to survive and explore different bits of the ocean and unravelling a story, if you would like, as you go. So A lot of people have said that they like it despite hating survival games, which does 
just make it sound more interesting to me because mm. I do hate survival games. Mm. You can pare down its survival systems, can't you, Pip? Yeah, there's. I think if memory serves, there are three different levels of survivalness that you can have. They might have changed that or added some in the meantime, but um, there is like the hardcore survival stuff then there's the one where you can turn off things like uh, food and water requirements and so that's the one that I like playing on because it's like you're not freaking out about water purification and stuff but you are figuring out like oh okay this fish will damage me or this you know um, the pressure here will kill me because my oxygen's being depleted a lot faster you know that kind of thing Mm. and then uh, another one is just the creative kind of no restraints kind of thing you get no Um, story mode when you do that do you I can't remember if I'm honest but I, uh, yeah I played an hour of it before the voting process which isn't really enough time to get to grips with it but I, um, <laughs> I think it does say you can't do stories I, I did the same mode Fair that you enough. did yeah, yeah. Um, I'm quite interested Pip like um I know that you don't like horror games, Mm. but this is fucking scary. (laughs) So I think this is the thing, is that I know a lot of people find underwater terrifying. Mm. I love it. So I'm just having a nice time swimming around. And then I started to realise that other people, like colleagues, uh, former colleagues at Rock, Paper, Shotgun, were like, so this horror game that you're really into, I'm like no it's just a nice underwater thing and they're like yeah but then this thing appeared and like tried to kill me out of nowhere and I'm like oh yeah but that just that's just underwater for you really isn't it so I guess I just don't have the fear of big underwater scary things or being at depth that Mm. I think some people do like I know that a lot of people the idea of being like scuba diving or something is terrifying because it restricts your field of vision a bit it puts your body under pressure basically and you know you have the thought of oh what if my oxygen stops working you know that kind of thing Mm. um whereas i find it incredibly soothing because all you can hear is your own like breathing in and out it's very sort of i don't know i just find it really pleasing Mm. okay Um, interesting but yeah i know that other people find it or if I am going to have to step away for a time. <laughs> You're right, though, in saying, you know, it's not just you who voted for it. And uh, it did win, I think it won one of the bigger awards at the Golden Joysticks this year, too, didn't it? Mm, um, yeah. Which is cool to see. Was it People's Choice? I think it might have been. Mm. It was either People's Choice or Best PC Game, I think. I think it possibly won, too. Yeah. I think it did, actually, yeah. yeah. I had a lot of wine at that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, that is at least 50% of what the joysticks is for. So. <laughs> For the people in attendance, anyway. Um, okay, uh, then. Uh, Opera Din, then, Pip. Um, that is... We've talked about that fairly yeah. recently, I mm. think. So just to remind people that it's a Lucas Pope's thing. He did uh, Papers, Papers please. please. And this one is you are trying to match uh, pictures of people with their name, their fate, and so on, as you investigate a now ghost ship and figure out what happened. Okay. So it's a good, it's a really good detective thing. And I think if you liked stuff like her story or wish that games would do better when it comes to detective fiction, um, this is a really good option. Mm, absolutely. Um, I enjoy the film. music mm. when you go into somebody's death. There's a little jaunty tune that plays based on the chapter. There's like three different, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a different one for each chapter. Oh, it? Is it? Oh, actually, I think there's two variants for each chapter mm. as well. Um, well, we, both me and Phil also voted for it. Um, so, uh, 
Yes, it will be interesting to see how it ends up in the Maybe final. Maybe it'll in somewhere in that Game of the Year awards. <laughs> I cannot say either 2018. way. 2018. Wouldn't want to spoil it. <laughs> uh, okay then, but that leaves us with Gorogoa. Um, Which wasn't out in 2018. Yeah, but we, given that we put our Game of the Year awards together in, like, the end of November yeah. each year, it basically means that everything released in December will fall between entries. Like, it just will never get a mention. So I am fully into including Decembers in the following year. I just think that if developers wanted to take our Game of the Year awards seriously, <laughs> they would release their games in a month where they have a chance at inclusion. I, I agree that Gorogo is a very uh, interesting sort of puzzle game. Puzzle narrative game, I guess. Yeah. Storybook. Essentially you uh, have up to four tiles that you can position in different spots on a grid and in doing that you line up the um, the images in different ways and so if for example you have the start of a staircase in one and you can line it up with another point either the the character will ascend a staircase into that next tile maybe or they'll you know go up and then onto a ledge or you know there's there's a bunch of different ways that it can play out but it's just really really beautifully done and um the way that the story pieces transition to their next state is amazing Mm. and it's just such a sort of technical achievement um that said I did rage quit it once or twice because it was really frustrating. It can be very hard. Like uh, some mm. sometimes it just gets down to me, like thinking, right, I'm just going to hit every bit of the screen eh, 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 until something happens. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> That's all fun. point and clicks ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good and mm. really beautiful as well. Yeah, uh, I think it's amazing. available on. Um, tablet as well that's what i've been playing yeah yeah, i was gonna say i think it would probably lend itself to sitting on the sofa and dragging the pieces around and just experimenting Mm. more than it perhaps did sitting in the office on my pc yeah i think it might be on switch as well um Mm. another good format for it maybe even though the screen fit might be a bit odd Mm. but yeah uh, i like that game too um and then we have uh is it chuchul next Mm -hmm. it is yes Tutel is uh, Amanita's uh, smallish game from earlier this year. It involves you playing a angry little character trying to obtain a cherry and fighting with another little character over said cherry. And so it's very, it's very point and clicky, but it's also very just fun and silly. And I think the the thing that I always go back to when I'm talking about it is that it's so much like hanging out with two toddlers that are arguing over a thing but Mm. not in the sense of they are irritating it's just that thing of these characters have poor impulse control and it's quite fun Mm. looking at them and watching the stupid things that they do and how they respond to things and how grumpy they get um so yeah and there's quite a few uh, every every now and again you hit a, a scene which is actually Amanita's reworking of a classic game so like um, Space Invaders or something mm. like that that is being reinterpreted through that game's aesthetic and I just found it so charming mm. okay cool um, that uh, leaves us with Meg Aquarium Pip so good it's a theme park tycoon <laughs> game but about Aquaria 
Yeah. So it yeah, nice. it looked nice. I think you're one of the only people to really champion it as well, like press side. Well, and that is the failing of the press, right? <laughs> um, no, it's it's so good. It's by the same uh, person who made Big Farmer, and I remember I first saw it at Res uh, a year or so ago, and I was essentially just walking past on my way to get out, and I saw someone moving fish around in a thing. I was like, right, everyone out of my way. I need to get through. I need to see what this is. Um, and had a conversation about, like, oh, what about this and what about that? And then we talked about seahorse breeding for a while and it was so good um anyway no that surprises me (laughs) i know (laughs) i know (laughs) anyway um and so this is uh, a game where you lay out a theme park of fish and you can do things like you can organise the things that are in the tanks so that they their life cycles don't conflict with each other so the smaller fish won't be eaten by the bigger fish or wimps aren't in the same tank as bullies or if there are if if something is marked as a scavenger it means that you can't feed it directly you have to have something else in the tank that requires feeding mm. and their offcuts or their you know leftovers will be picked up by the other thing mm. um so there's lots of neat little things there and then there's also tank management in terms of you need to use equipment to manage the temperature and the water filtration and things like that um And then there's elements of visitor experience, so toilets and merch and food and drink and things like that. And it's just really involved for being, you know, a one-person tiny project. Mm. And it's the the fish themselves are charming and lovely to look at and play with. And, yeah, I just think that... So, um, like, Two Point didn't really do anything for me. I, you know, it's fine, but it, I didn't get into it. And I played a bunch of Parkasaurus, but that's still in early access. Yeah, Jurassic early World Evolution really did not, like, after the first few hours, it just doesn't reward play, I think. Or I, I reviewed it so people can, like, see exactly what I mean. But, um,. But this, like, I sunk so many hours into it. It's mm. like 40 or 50 hours at this point, and it's just so good. And I think it would be a really good, like, quiet holiday game for people to chip away at if they're looking for things to to play over the Christmas break. Mm. Mm. Oh, a nice recommendation. Um, well, um, we can, uh, we'll see which of them, if any, get awards <laughs> this year. Uh, people who are getting the magazine will find that out around the 8th of December when they film. They should do. If yeah. they've got a subscription, yes. U- the UK readers and UK US readers. a little bit later. Yes. Um, but we can't do anything about that because that's how America works. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Print industry, baby. Who okay. did you people pick? Um, should we start with you, Phil? Yeah, sure. Okay, so you pick. Continue more than start. Yes, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that is how that works. So you picked Obradin 2. I guess we don't need to go over that again, necessarily, unless you had anything more to add. Not really. Uh, yeah. That's good. good. You like the you like the little jingles. I like the jingles. Uh, murder oh, jingles. That's my thing. Yeah, yeah. murder jingles is my jam. <laughs> okay, so now we're into the most um, Phil Savage of choices, which is Yakuza Zero. Mm. I came to PC this year for the first time. Did. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I actually wrote in the thing that I was frankly insulted by how many... I felt very attacked by how many minigames are in that game. Yes, um, you may have mentioned that. Yes. Which, I mean, there are a lot of minigames in it. Um, but you like Blitzball, so I don't really trust yeah, your opinion mm. on minigames at all. Why did I ever disclose that publicly? That's foolish. <laughs> it, makes you, it makes me sound like an idiot, doesn't it? It's like, oh, you know that minigame everyone hates? I like it. And it's like, why, why would... It, saying that... To people, it's just stupid, isn't it? I mean, I, to be fair, I like the pipe mania stuff in Bioshock. So I think it's all you like about Bioshock. <laughs> bit, so you know, I like the game the had more of that. <laughs> more pipe mania and fish. Weird to be talking. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> uh, so yes, Yakuza Zero. What's the dealio? Um, it, it's basically a broad collection of mini games uh, that have been collected into a story about. Um, gangsters in the 80s fighting over a piece of land fighting over a bit of land yeah um, which I guess is at a premium in yes I mean I mean, not to get too much <laughs> into Japanese real estate uh, in the 80s but it was in a sort of highly sought after area for redevelopment yeah um, but nobody knew who the owner was so they couldn't buy it and thereby uh, complete the acquisition of the entire lot and a body gets found there and it's pinned on you the main character yeah like when you open the game you are beating the shit out of a guy for uh, on behalf of a loan shark and then that same guy turns up dead later on mm. so everybody naturally assumes you did it yeah but you didn't so it's quite a cool sort of conspiracy there and then um you are sort of fighting for survival and mm. then rising up in the ranks i guess i mean not to reveal too much for how the story goes like you kind of despite it being called yakuza in the west mm. you spend very little time in any of the games actually actively being a member of the yakuza mm. Um, you're usually either you've you know retired or been kicked out or for, you know you, you're always yakuza adjacent uh, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, because it's not called yakuza in. It's called Japan. Uh, like a dragon. I think yeah. is the literal translation. Yeah, because well, uh, you play as the dragon of Dejima, which I thought was a Cisco album. But you know, <laughs> what can you say? I'll look at you for that bit because I knew that was your that reference is on your level. I, th- I feel. <laughs> Uh, High yeah. level. <laughs> like, this isn't just like a stooping to my level. This is a, like, you know, reaching up. <laughs> it's fine. But, uh, yeah, it is a um, very entertaining... Co- you know, it's a, a good story mixed with incredibly arcadey combat that yeah. is just, like, really snappy and enjoyable. It really feels like a relic combat-wise. It's, it's not like any sort of third-person action game that mm. would otherwise be released today. Um, yeah. It really really feels like a lineage like of a kind of 90s Japanese sensibility in terms of both combat and sort of how many games are incorporated into it. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, just a kind of very strange, very singular collection of things. Like, the story is played incredibly seriously. Um, it's very much a hard-boiled kind of gangster fiction and it's well done but uh, you know it revels in some of its cliches but then uh, the minute you're sort of exploring the town a random system might ask you oh I've got this problem and it will just be something incredibly stupid and silly and uh, played entirely for laughs Hmm. Um, so in listening I, I don't know if this is interesting to you but I, my only exposure to Yakuza 0 really is through you talking or like seeing things that you're doing and 
that has meant that I just put it in the same bracket as The Witcher 3 because essentially it's like hmm. it sounds like it's a role playing game for the most part but with mahjong <laughs> that is like this Instead of absolutely absorbing <laughs> like side hustle I mm. guess <laughs> whereas yeah The Witcher 3 is this role playing game with yeah with a card game <laughs> that is incredibly involving and so that's kind of where it's landed in my brain <laughs> I just sort of see that it's yeah. not like I, I guess they're not a million miles apart in terms of I mean it's an open world game with distractions and yeah and you know big, like big you, lengthy story it, it, you could argue there are RPG elements to it and how you level yourself up and yeah 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 very it's very much an RPG I think mm. by the modern definition uh, okay good I've um, I've played about 10 hours of it I should uh I should really play more, um, but be careful you're not assaulted by mini games again. Well, the only reason actually I stopped playing is ten hours of mahjong. That's what he's saying. <laughs> actually, I think it was closer to fifteen hours. I did quite a lot, but um, that was when my PS4 started spitting out discs, so I stopped. Ah, playing. Yeah. this is before it's out on PC. Uh, I bought a new one now though, so it's fine. Um, okay, so uh, next game, Phil, is Into the Breach. Yeah, the creators of FTL, sort of like pocket. Pocket is that right? That's the wrong word. They're just truncated little strategy scenarios you have mm. to solve in five turns. Is it? Yeah, you've yeah. got. Um, you have to survive for five turns. Basically, um, you have a squad of three mechs, and uh, their abilities will vary based on which squad you pick at the start of the game. Mm. Um, you unlock more. As and, you go. Yeah, you unlock more squads as you go, and f- you you unlock a sort of upgrades for that specific campaign as you go as well. So. Um, like at the end of each set, every few missions you get to access a shop where you can spend points that you gather on new things and choose abilities, um, and that is all part of like it's very contained in the sense of the challenge that it's asking you to complete, which is you know survive five turns on these small like what are they eight by eight islands? Yeah. Yeah, around no, these little grids. Yeah, these yeah. sort of grid maps um, where a bunch of bugs will attack you and buildings, and you've just got to not necessarily kill them so much as keep the power on. Yeah, stop them from causing damage, which can either be from killing them or from pushing them in such a way. Like usually, when you attack something, it moves mm. uh, a tile back. Um, and there are certain units that will speci- that really are only effective when they're moving other things. Like that's their primary purpose more than damage. Yeah, because parts of the environment, depending on where you are, will collapse. Mm. Um, so if like it collapses with an enemy on it, that enemy's gone without you exerting any more efforts, which is really handy. And it will tell you when something's about to collapse, so you can plan ahead. It will also tell you when something's coming out the ground, which will then. Yeah, I mean, the crucial thing is you always know what's going to happen on the next turn, and that's not just like where what's going to collapse, what's going to explode, what's going to come out of the ground, but also like how is your enemy going to attack, Uh, and even like what order are the attacks going to happen in, and that's all like really crucial to planning it out. Like that, that is the thing that lets you. That's the thing that makes it not like XCOM, where you, you know you've just if enemies are there you have to kill the enemies and that's really the only thing that's your only job at that point is to kill them while taking as little damage as possible Mm. into the breach because you can see exactly what they're going to do you can try and turn their actions against them Mm. in really interesting ways and that's sort of what the game becomes about it's like it is you know a sort of strategic turn-based tactics thing it's you know a game about killing monsters but also it's this puzzle game about 
subverting the danger that you're in and trying to turn it to your advantage. Mm. And I think that's why it's really interesting and incredibly well designed. And like, yes, you've only got three mechs, but the fact that you know you get these upgrades and that it's so wide and like how many options it offers you in terms of oh you find these things but they need power but maybe you can use that power to increase your health and that's more useful perhaps or increase movement which is also incredibly useful because it means you can uh, travel further each turn which uh, will let you do certain things that otherwise you wouldn't be able to um, and there's just all these things to think about and it's kind of really fascinating just how many kind of situations you can get into that you think, oh, there's no way I can overcome this, but like sometimes it will just hit you, oh, if I do this, 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 in this order, I can survive another turn, and we'll get it, and we will perfect this level, you know. No buildings will be destroyed, we won't take any damage, mm. and that's incredibly satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, it's worth me saying, actually, my list is identical to yours, but from one game. Really? Um, so yeah, I'll cover that after we've done yours, so mm. I also voted for Into the Breach, Yakuza, Obra Dinn, and... Uh, oh, in the next game on this list, yeah, is it? Well, that was seamless. Um, just, oh, I was going to say just before we move on, um, is uh, is um, Into the Breach on like tablet and stuff? It's or definitely mobile? on Switch. Yeah, I've got it on Switch. Oh, okay. I've so now just, also got it on Switch as well. Because I was I just thinking, because <laughs> I'm in full like Christmas holiday recommendation mode, and mm. so it's one of those things where it feels like a good time requirement for if you mm. are on your way to a thing or waiting for a thing or killing a bit of time at home or something yeah. where you might not have your PC so I was thinking I might actually get into it more if it's on yeah on tablet I think it's I don't know if the switch version doesn't have touch controls I believe um, mm. or at least it didn't before um, I don't remember so that, that would kind of be nice I think on the iPad it would probably work very well like FDL did yeah. um, but I imagine it's it doesn't look like it is Huh, maybe yeah. one for the future. Anyway, yeah, I mean, FTL came to tablet eventually. Didn't <laughs> yeah, they? yeah. I think I think their their whole thing was we'll get out on PC, then we'll yeah. do it one by one. Oh, for sure. Because they're just two people, aren't they? And Chris Avalone mm. and the musician, <laughs> whose name I can't remember. Um, so yeah, I uh, that your next game then, Phil. Yeah, if you're ready for it, is sure. uh, well Hitman Two. We've discussed it. We've actually two. discussed that one quite a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> let's go move on to Warhammer Vermintide Two. Yeah. Mm. Do you want to talk about that one a bit, seeing as our lists are identical, or do you want to come back and recover the games we've been talking no, about? No, that makes no sense. Yeah. And, uh, I have a, I have respect for our listeners' time, which is why we didn't make a podcast for ages. Really, I was just saving them time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, we got into this a fair bit this year, I would say. Probably about as much as we did the first one. Yeah. Um, maybe we, could, we could be playing it more. What? Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has, yeah. But it's um, it's just better at everything the first game does. It looks nicer. The levels are more expansive. There's a variety of enemies. Um, the combat feels really good. It feels really nice to twat something with a sword. That feels good. Um, which, yeah, the first game was okay at all those things, but it felt like, a, a, I would say, a B-tier Left for Dead that just... Had, that still had something about it totally. Yeah, I think it was winning. above a lot of those sort of four-player co-op attempts. Yeah, I would say it's kind of prompted a mini revival of them as well. Like Deep Rock Galactic's a bit like that, isn't it? And that game GTFO. I suppose that's probably maybe a bit more. But no, I suppose it is. I, I think it. It felt like the first in a while that really took off, didn't it? Vermintide. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's better at all those things. And uh, while it has quite a complicated loot system that I don't really understand. Um, it's a great game for just jumping in with three friends and surviving the hordes of rats. 
Um, and the leveling up system's not too bad either. I think a crucial thing was that when they patched it about maybe like a month after it was released and made it a lot easier. Um, yeah. Well, maybe not a lot easier, but you could, we were just... We just felt like we were throwing ourselves against the level and getting nowhere. I think a few, a few, yeah, a couple of tweaks to the difficulty, plus like the fact that naturally we just acquired better loot after a while, yeah. and so we had upgraded our weapons, meant we hit this kind of critical mass that propelled us over the yeah through a level. I think it's been finally. I think it's been quite divisive between in its with its audience though, because I think people wanted that long tail and challenge the really hardcore people, but we like the fact that we could in the first moment time we could jump in and just yeah. finish a level and carry on. It's tricky, isn't it? I think a lot of games are struggling with that divide now. Because I think there are <laughs> I mean Destiny for sure, but um yeah, a lot of games are like there is a portion of the audience who want it to be their hobby and will dedicate to that game specifically whereas I think we based on how we play things are just looking for a game we can jump into mm. um, yeah to have, have have fun as a group and yeah maybe fail a couple of times but survive and do well and I think like, developers are just trying to find ways to cater to both groups and like and make it financially viable and, yeah, I mean, Destiny. Yeah. I think Destiny One ended up in a good position, pretty much, but mm. Destiny Two perhaps swung too close to the sort of thing I was looking for, which was like not to play it multiple times a week, but just to play it a Friday afternoon every now and again. Mm. Um, and now it's sort of going back the other way. All of these repeatable activities and yeah, different um, non-story stuff going on. Yeah, and like I have some problems with the current Destiny 2 progression especially like it's level um what do you call it? when it disables level advantage no enables level advantage whatever iron banner is the thing oh, that means yeah, i get yeah. enables, the it? thing yeah, yeah the thing where i get completely stomped by people who have been able to spend enough time to get to like level 400 uh, yeah it doesn't equalize everyone no yeah yeah and that was fine for a bit but i'm now so far behind like the competitive edge of that that i've sort of fallen out of a lot of I don't see how that even works as an effective competitive game like without any balances in place. Anyway, I don't want to go into that, but yeah. It's a different game. But, like, yeah, I think... um, uh, It's probably right for Vermintide. I don't know what it's like for people who play it, like, religiously. I don't see why you would, really. I don't don't get... I mean, it has that loot system, though, that suggests you can keep doing it, and it'll give you more and more numbers and nice weapons. Yeah, and Vermintide, one hand, like, we never got to the highest rarities of gear, even close to the highest rarities of gear. No, I think we, like, swapped weapons, like, three times, maybe, and Mm. our gear, we, you know, went from, like, some basic trousers to some chainmail or whatever. I think that guy, I think that game did make it too hard to sort of progress from just basically being able to complete a level to actually getting to the higher difficulties and best loot. Yeah. Yeah. I think you want to get like some rare loot every now and again, even if you're playing it on fairly easy modes or whatever. But, yeah, I think yeah. so. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's one we could definitely be putting a bit more time into. I felt like point. that about a few of the uh, games on this list actually. Monster Hunter, I just didn't play this year. Mm, yeah. yeah, I need to get back to Monster Hunter. That's very good. Mm, okay, well then, um, the uh, last game Phil on your list is Forza Horizon Four. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the yes. car game. The good Kurt game, yeah, that's that's another one that it's it has systems in place to make you want to return to it over and over again because it has seasons that work on a weekly cycle uh, in real time, um, and I think I've done like two of them and I've just not been back for a while, uh, but it is a really good game. It's just a good sort of fun car experience, like the races are varied and usually pretty entertaining 
and uh, there's just loads of dumb shit you can do as well which is that's what I want from a car game really mm. um, the main Forza series has never really snapped with me because it is just predominantly dry racing around a track in a car and I'm not like so enamoured with the with racing as a concept to be that interested in that yeah I don't care about that I like having a nice boost button or some silly vehicle to, or something it needs to be like at least partially dumb as fuck for me to care yeah a bit burnout I guess yeah a bit yeah. like it doesn't even need to go that far and I don't think Forza Horizon 4 does no, like no. Um, it doesn't have nitrous and things it's not about that kind of experience but it has enough of that kind of sandboxy playground aspect that it remains entertaining mm, okay Cool, and man. it looks beautiful. Nice, and nice British setting. Yeah, yeah. Slightly unusual sort of areas of the UK they fi- they fixated on. Right. Yeah, that's nice. Is like, oh, you're driving around Cheshire or Cumbria. Yeah, or, the Lake District mm, in Scotland, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of I don't know, Bournemouth. You know, well, the cliffs are quite nice, I guess. Anyway, um, all right. So my the only game I, I've got here that is different is uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Which I, enjoy, mm. I enjoyed this year. Yeah, I didn't play enough of that to vote for it because I played all of Origins instead. Yeah, I think in a year for with better sort of action games and RPGs, it probably wouldn't have made my list. Mm. But I didn't. I didn't actually think it was an amazing year. I thought it was just an okay year. Um, so yeah, I, I, but I've, I've still really enjoyed it. I'm getting more and more pleasure out of Assassin's Creed these days because the settings are just so uh, vast and the story story is actually interesting me it's on right, some, it's yeah. engaging me on some level it has those RPG style choices in it which are you know quite seem quite frivolous in the moment mm. have a have some repercussions and a very much like Mass Effect's kind of style of choices but uh, add, a, add a little something give you a bit of player expression uh, people seem to re- the two characters seem to resonate with people especially Cassandra people seem to have gone nuts for Cassandra uh, which is nice to see and I don't think anyone cared about the story or characters in Assassin's Creed about four or five years ago so that's quite a quite a feat, I think. Mm. Um, it's just too damn big, that game. It's too damn big. I haven't got time to they do all the stuff. They are huge. ridiculous, yeah. Um, and they've got DLC coming out next week. And so who's got who's got to the point where they're playing that? <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm still nonetheless uh, really enjoying it. I'm about 20 hours into that one. So again, I haven't finished it, which is shameful. But it's on my Game of the Year list. Why is there an L in DLC? Mm. Downloadable content. Yeah, it's yeah. just one word, isn't it? Makes that's, no sense. That's... Anyway, I guess DC already meant things. <laughs> That's how tired we are. Um, People, yeah. We could answer these questions. Should we answer these questions? I mean, we can touch on them. We've been going for an hour, ten minutes. We could just leave. But uh, we can we can what, skip what, through them. Maybe could... very, there's only two. There's only two. Then let's go. But one let's doesn't even apply do to it. you, Pip. So I feel bad asking it. That's fine. Um, what's the funniest death you've caused in Hitman? Oh, well, I'm very good at Hitman. I'm actually, I've completed the New Zealand level in two minutes and 20 seconds. Mm, So I would say that it was the thing that put me to the top of the leaderboard in that one. Yeah, I mean, I can't contest that. But my modesty has prevented me from (laughs) chipping into the discussion already. (laughs) She just didn't want to bring it up. I'm basically banking on the fact that Phil can't be bothered to edit that out of the podcast. That's okay, I mean, mean, it's very true. Actually, when I said I'd edit things earlier, I wasn't going to... No, oh, exactly. No, no, no. And I try not to say anything libelous, so uh, you don't have to edit it anything out. Um, I think you'll find the magazine reflects that I was top of the leaderboard, though, because uh, I caught your stealth edit. It's our one inaccuracy <laughs> issue. If, if everybody could take out a marker, 
and turn to page whatever it was. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> That's okay. At least when you say like the president of a video game publisher, you know, has a sexual fetish or something. That'd I was going to say, like, is this the part where you accidentally <laughs> do a libel? Hey, I said video game publisher. I gave no specifics. It was just an example. <laughs> all right, can't they can't have me on that? <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So, Phil, what? Have you killed anyone in a funny way in Hitman? I think the I think honestly, killing them with the screwdriver and getting in the helicopter and flying off was quite funny. In the moment, it was. Is funny. stabbing a man in the neck with a screwdriver funny? It wasn't though. in the neck. It was like in the chest. He was sort of. Oh, oh that makes all the yeah, that's the point that Phil was. I realise now how that sounds. However, careful, otherwise we're just going to turn into what is it? My favourite murder? That kind of. <laughs> this person got killed. Lol. I've never listened to that podcast. No. I just yeah, I just know that they're called murderinos. I wish our podcast listeners had like a name like that. Gamerinos. That's uh, upsetting. I, I, See, I, yeah. you hate it. You actively <laughs> wince. I regret it. But if I had a Patreon, I might be able to tap into it to get some, you know, get some bunts. That's true. But they would be. It would be something to do with your name. Mm. Yeah, I suppose so. Mm. Uh, I just don't. I'm not the kind of person who would ever have a dedicated following. Um, anyway, yeah. What's yours, Phil? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I actually didn't have an answer to this one because I was just. Like, I mean, I guess I drowned some people in the toilet. Wasn't that funny? Maybe you're know. both just taking it too seriously. That could be it's it. Like it's all about the time. It's all about the the points. There's only so much you can really do. Like you know, it's not like you can you know poison someone's Dairy Lee sandwich and be like oh isn't that hilarious because it's Dairy Lee because there's no Dairy Lee in Hitman there is no Dairy Lee in Hitman well I appreciate the question anyway Deej hopefully our earlier earlier Hitman conversation covered some of those points Um, this is from N. Brady Easton who uh, called out my uh, love for Marshmallow Porter on uh, our Discord channel um which is fair enough because they're very, very good. Um, I had a cinnamon roll porter while I was in America. Fucking hell. This, uh, this last week. It was actually really nice and it smelt so much like cinnamon rolls. Mm. Like, I will I will look up who brewed it and I will let you know. Yeah, please do. Can, they're yeah. going to go overboard with the flavours and hops in America, but I think it just makes for much, uh, much tastier beers. Yeah, it was very much like you went into it knowing what you would get. You would get something that was very, like... This is a cinnamon roll in your face, <laughs> and porter, and like as long as you were fine with that and not expecting a subtle alcohol or like a you know nuances. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> usually the biggest like uh, divide whether it's a good beer or a bad beer is because they'll often get the smell right, but mm. the ta- it won't taste like the thing. It'll just taste like I don't know petrol or something. Yeah, um, but like mm. that's uh, that sounds good. If it tasted mm. that that way, it's nice. I think it was like it wasn't. It it tasted sweet because the porter can be quite sweet and mm. quite sort of heavy so I think it was more that the taste didn't actively conflict with the smell so Mm. I think it's sort of still anyway this is all by the by I'm very sorry if we had a Patreon we could have a beer podcast spin off Uh, (laughs) we just get drunk during it as well Well, work on growing your fan base Sam (laughs) Uh, okay Embry Eastham asks what unnecessary shite did you buy during Black Friday I bought Sniper Elite 4 on Steam and that was it. That was all I bought. Interesting. Oh, I bought Super Mario Bros. Deluxe on DS because it's £2.25. <laughs> I, I used to like that game on Game Boy Color. <laughs> I bought a couple of Steam games. Um, one of them was Mega Aquarium because yes. Pit won't show off about it. Fair enough. Uh, and I don't remember what the others were, which is classic. I yeah. think I bought like an old Sherlock Holmes game, like the one that everybody likes, because I was like, fine, okay, I'll play this finally. Is that the one, one of those Frogwares ones? Yeah, Crimes and Punishments. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's before it became the one that Andy didn't like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's specifically the one Andy does like, yeah, yeah not the one. The, what was the other one? The Devil's Daughter. 
Was yeah, there yeah, that sounds right. Actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that one was less well received. Yeah, uh, and a couple of others, and also an SSD that was very expensive. And it do doesn't exist. It. I do now have it. Like the okay. fir- Amazon's first attempt to deliver it just didn't work. They sent me a box. There was nothing in the box. I was like, Hey, Amazon. I spent half an hour trying to find a customer service representative contact detail. Uh, why is there nothing in my box? <laughs> It was an M2 SSD as well, wasn't it? It was, yes. So it's a fancy-ass plug-into-your-motherboard one. Yeah, Yeah. I I can report back next podcast once I've had time to finally install it. That's good. Now that I've finally been sent it. I'm glad you didn't ask me any more questions about that SSD because I had no fucking idea. I I mean, you didn't buy it. It It's on me to justify my stupid decisions. Well, you couldn't have have known they weren't actually going to deliver it. That's not not on you, Phil. That is true. Um, Pip, did you buy anything? Um, no, I actually put out a tweet that was like, look, if you didn't want it before, you don't want it now. <laughs> so, uh, and that that kind of summed up my attitude towards it, I think. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where I find it so easy to to be surrounded by those things and then it changes the goalposts of what you think you need mm. like you you're in this office and you're talking like everyone you're talking to is working on black friday or cyber monday or whatever and they're like telling you about all these deals and you're sort of seeing them float past in chat and you're kind of thinking oh hang on that is a good price for this thing or like other people are getting excited and you like I think it's it's not as a kind of judgment on anyone who did buy things it's entirely because I needed to tell myself like, not as a judgment on Tom Senior's mouse map oh yeah that's but that, that was <laughs> Anyway, um, but generally it was very much a kind of like, no, don't don't feed into this. Like, if it's not on your shopping list of stuff that yeah. you need, same with the January sales, it's like it's so easy to go into town and just like get, like, because everything is, is having a sale, you start thinking, oh, well, given I... Um, somehow in the midst of this like this is the good deal within that like Mm. you get stuck in that bubble rather than thinking I can leave this bubble oh (laughs) so yeah Mm. um, that's what happened to me that's fair enough Uh, a little stinging diatribe there towards the concept of Black Friday absolutely like ameliorate (laughs) no it's like it started off as potentially a stinging diatribe and then a self burn and then (laughs) and then a moderate sort of maybe just be careful but I'm not the boss of you (laughs) and now it's just settled in no, I didn't buy anything. No, that's right. <laughs> the Philip War experience. Because I already bought a PC with a 1080 Ti. I was, I kept looking just to make sure that PC didn't drop in price. <laughs> like, because I bought it like a month ago. I'm furious. It didn't though. Like, it was actually a really shit Black Friday for graphics cards and yeah. pre-built PCs. So I was all right. I think the other thing that I always remember is that there was, I think there was an article a few years ago where somebody was pointing out that a lot of uh, that they they were basically pointing to a lot of deals that they'd found that were being positioned as good deals simply because they were happening on Black Friday. Mm. But absolutely, if you went back through the price history of mm. the thing, they had been cheaper at other points in the year. So yeah. like, I feel like that happens a lot, yeah. So like that this is a time of year where like companies are now aware that people assume that that's when the good deals happen. Yeah. And it 
might not be in your interest as a consumer to just assume that. Yeah, you can track it. You can track Amazon's quite easily, but it's a bit harder mm. with some of the other retailers. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, SSD is always a good time for those. Yeah, was, I keyboards. think that was generally a decent price off of a thing that I was going to buy anyway. Yeah, Tom um, Senior, who's not here, he bought a uh, Razer Death Adder Elite as well, which is our best gaming mouse. That was a really good mouse. I have yeah. one of those. So. I've got whatever the Overwatch one is that blinks coloured lights. It's dumb. Sometimes when I go to bed, I realise the light is still on, even though the PC is off, and I get really mad. They do that. What, what is that? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. You shouldn't have any power, idiot. It's like when the Xbox 360 used to just stay on, even when you turned it off. Mm. It's like, what are you doing? You were told to to be turned off. I've, I've lost my mind. Let's end the podcast. Yeah, end the podcast. <laughs> um, okay. That, thank you very much for listening. If you want to send us any questions, uh, PCGamer email at futurenet.com. Is that it? Or is that gmail.com? Uh, no, uh, less at pcgamer.com. There we go. Don't send it to the other one because I will never see it. Put yes. podcasts in a subject line because then it automatically goes into a folder that I've set up and it's really easy for me to find them. Yep. Thank you. There you go. Two incorrect emails followed by the correct one. <laughs> and uh, you can uh, get the new issue of PC Gamer on sale on the, I want to say, the 15th of December? I think it's the 13th of December. You fucked it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we could both be wrong. It's cool, though. It's got good stuff in it, and that's all I'll say. Yeah, I can't say what's on it. Yeah. Just basically it's keep an eye on secrets. our Twitter, keep an eye on the Facebook, because we'll, we'll remind you. We will almost certainly mention it. Yes. <laughs> you can find me daily or about that on PCGamer.com. Also, keep an eye out for PC Gamer magazine subscription deals, because they'll be, like various deals happening like over the next few weeks as Christmas comes up and the magazine's good and you can subscribe to it yeah one of the best ones is coming up on Monday I think or mm. Tuesday something like that I think it's a magazine day or something I'm not sure I don't know who keep it on the website and the Twitter we'll tell you <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening goodbye yeah.